0: Hello, I'm Sandra Ezekwesely, and you come to me for Hard Facts. Good afternoon, I'm Sandra Ezekwesely, and these are your Hard Facts. The news comes at you fast. America's Food and Drug Administration have said that Trump was incorrect. There's information and misinformation. <laughs> Their own NAFDAQ came out and told Donald Trump, we're oh, going to be waiting, where are you talking? Are you talking with by yourself? That is okay. And making sense of it can be hard. Let me talk. Cryo, I, will, I will let I you will talk. Will I will let you will talk. Will I will let you talk if you let me talk. But that's my job. Let's talk context. Let's talk statistics. About those bills at the Senate right now. Let's talk to the experts and the newsmakers.
1: Um, I, I see the kind of stability that would allow uh, growth to happen by this time next year.
0: Every weekday at three. Good afternoon. I am Sandra Ezequiel. Let's talk hard facts. good afternoon i'm sandra s and these are your hard facts i hope you had a fantastic easter today's a public holiday <laughs> but does it matter i'm still working at home still working from home a big thank you to chukudiazugu for keeping things running in the studio for me your first hard fact of the day 64 percent Warif, the Women at Risk Foundation, is saying the number of distress calls they receive has increased by 64% during the lockdown. These calls are coming from women suffering domestic abuse and sexual assault. As people are locked down and staying at home, women are getting assaulted more and more in their homes. So, as we keep ourselves safe by staying home, I hope that we can also keep our neighbors safe. Please. If you hear the sounds of violence and abuse, please call the police. 112 767. You may be saving somebody's life. My hard facts are a lifesaver. I bring you the best insights into today's most important topics. I break them down. I give you the facts so that you can form an informed opinion. If you miss any of the shows, you can catch them on our website, NigeriaInfo.fm. I have a great show for you today. We're starting with the big three. Let's talk about the security situation in Lagos and Ogun during the lockdown. There were lots of reports of attacks and robbery over the weekend. Then let's talk about the health minister telling the House of Reps that he doesn't know if doctors and nurses are getting hazard hazard pay for facing COVID-19. And then let's talk about pastors and church members getting arrested for violating lockdown on Easter Sunday. On Checkpoint, let's talk some more about the security situation over the weekend. And on the big hard fact, let's talk about how our healthcare system is battling COVID-19. I'm talking to the national president of the Nigerian Medical Association, NMA. He'll be telling us more about the challenges that uh, his members face and what needs to be done to improve our response. After the 6pm news, I'll hand you over to Rufai Useni for conversations with Rufai. As usual, throughout the show, we're bringing you all the latest updates from the world of news, sports and entertainment. But right now, let's get right into the big 3. The
2: big 3 on the hard facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info.
0: expect on the big three stories that everyone is talking about right now how is the security situation in your part of lagos don't forget that this is a conversation we're going to continue at four so even if you don't get in on it right now you can call us at four and be our eyewitness should a health minister know whether or not government doctors are getting hazard pay should pastors and imams who urge the faithful to violate lockdown receive special punishment? Let's get into these stories. Our first story is security. This weekend was very intense. There were so many reports of gangs and armed robbers moving around. In Ogun state, the police command says they arrested over 200 robbery suspects this weekend. 200 we had lots of reports from the border area between lagos and ogung but it wasn't only there even here in central lagos there were so many cases friday night saturday night sunday night if you're on twitter and you were not sleeping i'm sure that you saw all the tweets people were saying help and robbers are in my estate we even saw people setting up their own vigilante groups to protect their estates so let's talk about that first let's talk about the robberies themselves they were happening in so many places at once people were shocked by the number of reports some people were even wondering if all the attacks were coordinated in some way but other people are saying no we just have many armed robbers. And that raises a big question about Lagos and Ogun State. Why do we have so many armed robbers here? We all know that a lot of these robbers belong to gangs. And we have a big gang problem in Lagos. So again, the question is why? Why so many gangs in Lagos? Why have they been able to recruit so many people? Why do they have so many guns and other weapons? I saw a picture on Sunday of a suspect that was caught in an estate. He was a kid. He was a child, a teenager at almost 16 years old, but probably younger. What's happening in Lagos that is allowing gangs recruit teenagers that young? Some people are saying the lockdown is making people steal out of hunger, but my first question is, if those people were not stealing before the lockdown, why do they already have guns and weapons? And even if some of the thieves from this weekend have never stolen before, does hunger justify robbing someone else? After all, the people who got robbed also are hungry. They are also not working because of the lockdown. They are also worried about what happens next, just like you and me. So, why rob them? Now, let's talk about civilians having to form vigilante groups to protect themselves. Like I said, We saw so many of them on social media. They posted pictures and videos of themselves patrolling their estates at night. I saw one video where people were in the streets making noise, playing music, just so the robbers know that they are a lot. And the first question in my mind was, where was the police? Where was the neighborhood watch? We pay taxes to government to keep us safe. Taxpayers shouldn't have to be patrolling the streets at midnight to protect themselves. They should be able to call 112 and have the police come and secure their area. Now, I do have to mention that for some people, in the thick of things, they did call 112 and 767 and the police did show up. Now, the police have been on the streets. All of last week, I told you about police arresting hundreds of people for violating the lockdown. They arrested people who went jogging. They arrested Funke Akindele for throwing a party. They impounded over 600 cars for driving on the expressway. All good. They even attended to some of the people who called them in in the middle of their crisis. All of these things, very necessary. But how are they doing as far as keeping Lagos safe at night is concerned? Did you listen to the representative of the police on our show this morning on the Morning Crossfire with Sheriff Quadri? What did you think about that interview? How safe was your neighborhood this Easter weekend? Were there any attacks or robberies? Did the police respond? Did you call the police? Were you part of a vigilante to keep your neighborhood safe? Do you have vigilantes in your area? 0700 993 993 993. 0700 993 993 993. You can also send us a WhatsApp message. WhatsApp is 080 959 75805. Hello.
3: Hello. Hello?
4: Hello, good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. Please turn down the volume of your radio set. What is your name and where are you calling from?
4: My name is Simeon.
3: Simeon calling from? From uh, Alagbole. Simeon from Alagbole. Go ahead, Simeon. Yes.
4: Please, Last uh, night, even this morning, I don't know the relation, They said that there were I'm in many places, they called very close to my place. Then this morning i recall i, I called my somebody who has live living there i called him they said yes it was true so that there was a gunshot, a gunshot there hmm. so I, I i don't know what is happening because these police policemen if you send them to uh, to go and fight boko haram they, they, they will not do anything now to come and save the civilians again they could not do anything what is their what is their work
3: well, the responsibility of the Nigeria police force no, 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 is to maintain no, no. law and order.
4: It's not to yes. fight Boko Haram. But now, we have, now, for them to fight for this one, for this right now they cannot do it. But if you listen to the
3: story, the first story by Sandra Izekwesili, there are people who reached out to the Nigerian police force, Lagos State Command, and they responded and helped with their situation. So we're asking the security situation in your area...
4: <laughs> Many, many people call them, but they will not respond. Okay, in your community. If you know their work to answer anywhere they call them, they, I, they, really therapy, they, will, they will answer. They will not answer the other people. Their, their work is to answer everywhere. Everywhere they call you. You, you, you go and fight for that. So that's their work. If, if you doubt me now, if you go to the police station now, you go and see, there are many of them, they are doing nothing. If you saw them, you just go by. Go, go nearby their palace, they will be taken there.
1: Till daybreak. Till daybreak.
4: This is no common night. They, they will not do anything. they calling for any, anything, they, will, they, will not, they relax. They do not come out. And they- oh, sorry about that. But thank you very much for
3: your contribution. Hello.
1: Hello? Uh, hello.
3: Good afternoon. What's your name and where are you calling from?
1: Eighteen from Satellite Town.
3: OC from Satellite Town.
1: Yeah, eighteen.
3: Okay, Akins from Satellite Town. Please turn down the volume of your radio set. All right. Go on, Akin's.
1: Yes. Uh, we have uh, this security. I told you that, uh, was it uh, last week, that we are preparing for a war. This war of anger. Far from the COVID-19. Uh, see, we know some of these guys in our midst. We do not expose them to government. Many of them, they are caught. Some of them are hand robbers. not because of fear of attack. From them when you report them, so we decided to allow them to operate.
3: You decided to allow them operate.
1: Yes, some people. Yes, so when you know that you have an robber, that your next neighbor is an hand robber. Maybe it's a it You refuse to report him. What we are afraid? Okay, now yes, I understand.
3: I understand yes, you now.
1: To this level. And then, what is the function of a amotoku
3: well, the thank responsibility. Oh, thank you very much for your contribution. But the responsibility of the Nigeria Police Force is clear: to maintain civil law and order. Hello.
5: Hello, Shukudi.
3: Ah, you're welcome.
5: Good afternoon.
3: You're welcome. Olumu, you are from Asia. Go ahead.
5: Well, I don't want to say it on the radio before, but let me say it. Last week, some thieves went and burgled shop. And they pursued them one round to my company, and we caught him. And every night in my area, we heard gunshots. You see, this is the issue I just said on your radio a few minutes ago, that many of folks we prepared for 14 days. I mean, people that get money, me that get more coins, we prepared for 14 days. And now 14 days has gone. The presidency said, to the indefinite. They don't know when we will go out now people like me now that we have that we have hmo and talking for the past 14 days are no more garlic to drink what do you think will happen it means this crime we are seeing the introduction will be increased so please help us tell our government that they should do something i will not carry gun i will not make my neighbor to not sleep but people that are ready to make us not sleep they are failable do something.
3: Good afternoon. Good afternoon, But it's important that I point out that President, the presidency has not uh, mentioned that. In fact, there is information, and if you're tuned to Nigeria Info, you'd get that President Muhammadu Buhari would deliver a broadcast to Nigerians by 7 p.m. today. Hello.
6: Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, and where are you calling from? This is uh, calling from Presta.
3: You're welcome, Aruna Abubakar. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, uh, the situation is getting uh, so worried. Uh. You know, initially when we asked to go for people were jubilating, thinking, thinking that we're going to rest. Now we're having on air to rest. The neighbourhood now, the, this thing is not uh, the the people's uh, perception about the lockdown is no longer exciting. You see, before I saw aggressive. I, I I'm just coming from uh, coming from Marina to Fest Park. If you look at the boss of my two these things, where police are supposed to be, now is being taken over by this uh, miscreant, and they are not. Nobody is checking them. Why are we having police? Why do they say lockdown? The police are not there to help the people. Those people can attack you. Uh, uh, where will you have time to start calling police up and down? <laughs> when they're supposed to be be on duty at this time, at this particular time? But those people are not smiling. You know, under that, uh, as I'm telling you from um Komo Bridge, they are showing me that uh, COVID-19 hunger, COVID-19 hunger, airports, COVID-19 hunger. These are people. These are the vulnerable people. The government to look out for them. Where are those? They they, they send money to Lagos today, yesterday or the first day. we have different sets of vulnerable people in the in, the, in Lagos state? Is in even the neighborhood now, the food will stock at home. Okay, it's getting, it's getting down, the, the day is going down. You know, people that survive, yesterday they celebrated Easter, we they are not able to give you a lot of food. Then people cannot do that because mm-hmm. of the insecurity. On of tomorrow, we don't even know what's going to happen. But I believe that the, if this thing is not called off, then we should expect to work. If they are to this thing. In those days, when government wants to take practice, something. What they do, they send good intelligence to the neighborhood, to ask people, to generate uh, feedback to the government, to take decisions. I don't think that is happening today. So, thank you very much.
3: Alright, thank you very much for your contribution. Sandra, President Sandra, a lot of our callers have expressed themselves with respect to the first story, and I mean, we all take security very serious in Nigeria. But like we always do on the Big Three story, one down, There's story two and also story three. Story two, Sandra, over to you.
0: So we've talked about keeping safe from robbers. Now let's talk about keeping doctors and nurses safe from COVID-19. Just go online. You'll see dozens of stories about medical personnel not having safety equipment. I told you about the nurses in Ilorin who went on strike because they don't have PPEs, personal protective equipment. We've seen the pictures online of doctors and nurses using plastic bags as gloves. Yes, plastic bags, waterproof. <laughs> and the doctors have also complained that the hazard pay they're receiving isn't enough. Hazard pay is the extra money that government gives doctors when they are treating very infectious and very deadly diseases like COVID-19. The doctors are not happy about their hazard pay. And so the Speaker of the House of Reps, Femi Bajabi summoned the health minister, Osage Hanire. And here's what he had to say.
7: Are they being paid a hazard allowance for the job that they are doing? I am not aware of it. You're not aware? (laughs) It's a standard job they do every day. It's It's a a standard standard job? job? Yes, a standard job. I thought you said coronavirus was novel. How is it now a standard job that they're doing? Because screening is what you do every day. They they don't screen for coronavirus every day. They've never done it. They've so never done it. This is the most infectious disease in the world. They're screening for temperature. That's what they are anyway, so the answer to my question is that they're not being paid a hazard allowance. No, the answer you're uh, you right on that the book you don't is, know. That, is that I am not aware. But you, you should be aware. It's not enough to say that you don't know, quite honestly. You drop the ball there.
0: So there you have it. You just heard the health minister say he doesn't know whether or not medical personnel under his ministry are getting hazard pay. And I want to know what you think about that. Is that good enough? Should a health minister not know this? Remember that fighting COVID-19 is the biggest job in the health ministry right now. In other countries, if the fight on COVID-19 fails, the minister will have to resign. That's how big of a deal it is. So the question is, if the war on COVID-19 is that important, what particular details should the minister know? Is it a bad sign that the minister doesn't know whether money from his ministry is going to hazard pay or not? But hazard pay isn't the only problem in the COVID-19 war. We have a big problem with testing. According to the NCDC, Nigeria has conducted 5,000 tests. But according to the Presidential Task Force, we've conducted 3,000. So which is it? Is it 3,000 or 5,000? How can the two organizations that are leading the fight on COVID-19 not agree on how many tests we have done? How Can they have a difference of 2,000 tests? But let's assume that the higher figure is correct. Let's even say that we've done 5,000 tests. The number is still too low. Let's compare ourselves to Ghana. I did not say Germany. I did not say South Korea. I said Ghana. We have done 5,000 tests. Ghana has done 14,000 tests. In fact, they've actually collected samples from 37,000 people and tested 14,000 of them. Is the Ghanaian government richer than the Nigerian government? No. So, how are they able to run 14,000 tests while we have only run 5,000? That's almost three times more tests than us. By the way, we have 200 million people, and Ghana has less than 30 million people. That means that for every 1 million Nigerians, we have tested 25. But Ghana has tested 486 people for every 1 million. 25 versus 486. So in terms of percentage of population, Ghana is testing 19 times more than Nigeria. Now, to be clear, Ghana is not testing nearly enough. But Nigeria is doing abysmally. Now, what do you think about the minister's comments? Should he or should he not be aware of the hazard pay situation? And what do you think about the low level of testing here in Nigeria? Now you see why we're always telling you to stay at home. Because this thing that they really, you know, they show for face. Because some people have it, but they're not showing any symptoms and they can still infect you. You may have it, you're not showing any symptoms, you can still infect other people. And because the only way that you can get tested is if you are showing symptoms. That's the only way NCDC tests you, if you are showing symptoms. So for people who are not showing symptoms, like the ones that were found in a cry bomb, They may be infecting people, you may be infecting people, and you won't even know. The only way to make sure that you do not infect people or you do not get infected by that your neighbor that is not even sick at all but may have it is to stay in your house. To go to only places where you will buy food or medicine. And even when you go there, stay away from people. This is not a time to hug. It's not a time to shake hands. It's not a time to feel like, oh, I'm being rude. This is the time to be rude. Stay away from people. Two feet, two feet apart, five feet apart even. What do you think about the low level of testing here in Nigeria? What do you think about the minister's comments? Should he or should he not be aware of the hazard pay situation? 0700 993 993 993 0700 993 993 993. You can also uh, send us a WhatsApp message. WhatsApp is 080 959 75805.
8: Hello, hello, hello. yes, hello, good to- how are you? Good morning, I'm fine, thank you. This is Charles. Charles, welcome. Amigondo. good afternoon. Amigondo. Yes, go ahead, Charles. I, I, I just heard what you said now. Mm. Hello, Charles. Country Nigeria. I can hear you, Tukudi. Go on, I, go, on go on, Charles. I cry for my country Nigeria, Mr. Tukudi. can a minister of health come out and say he's not aware of the of, of, of the hazard allowance of, of people working within their life for a country. Ah, oh. Mr. Tukudi. I cried when I heard it. I, I in fact, I'm ashamed to be in Nigeria. I'm ashamed to be in Nigeria. Because what's the hope for a common man like me and my kids? What is the hope for the common man like me? There's no hope for me. In other words, I just have to keep praying to God that he helps me. Because if a whole minister of health will come out and tell you, Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know where we're headed to. Maybe one day we'll just wake up and find out that
3: there's no Nigeria again. Hopefully, we would not get to that point, but thank you very much for your contribution. Hello? Hello? Hello. Good afternoon. What's your name and where are you calling from?
4: I'm calling from Malimon. You're
3: welcome. Speak to President Sandra. Yeah, why is
4: Sandra demonizing the health minister? Demonizing, health minister? you said? Yes, yes. Is the health how minister did, how did the I demonize the health minister? He's the
0: look
4: at started... the health, the the Supreme, uh, health workers. Are all the health workers working on coronavirus?
7: San- Hello? Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name where are you calling from? My name is Eric. I'm calling from Asia. Eric, go on. I'm talking about issue of uh, a minister saying that uh, he's not aware of uh, the doctor's allowance. Does he mean that I know he was appointed. Does it mean that this man is not aware of the doctor's allowance or the money they are being paid to them, that he has not been aware? Uh, It pains me so much that these men are honorable, as in people that Nigeria are looking at. The kind of statement or the kind of work they present to me as a Nigerian I always been ashamed. I don't know about others. Hmm. If people like this can come out in publicly to drop a statement like this to me, this man deserves to be fired. As in, he deserves to be sacked. They don't need to, you know, look into it. That means he don't know what he's doing. He, as in, he, the salary they are paying to him is a waste. That is my own contribution. This man, to me, to me he needs need to be fired. He needs to be sacked. Don't, they don't need to reason it to... Uh, uh, I, I was so ashamed when I was listening to him. He was even proud enough to say that he's not aware.
3: All right. Thank you very much for your contribution. Before I allow uh, President Sandra uh, make a remark, it's important that we state clearly that on the Big Three, we report the stories as the stories are. And that was an exchange between the Honorable Speaker of the House of Representatives, Honorable Femi Amela, and the Speak and the um, Honorable Minister of Health. So what we played was and excerpt from the conversation between the both of them. So this is not about reporting. This is playing a conversation that played out. And if you listen to story, story two as delivered by Sandra, you would hear the Honorable Speaker of the House of Representatives at the end saying, you dropped the ball there. So this is reporting the story as the story is. It is not expressing your opinion. When we turn on the phone lines and get you to call, we want to hear your take on the issues. One more call, Sandra. Hello. Hello?
1: Hello?
3: Good afternoon. What's your name and where are you calling from?
1: My name is Chris. I'm calling from Aja.
3: Chris from Aja. Go ahead with your contribution.
1: Um, uh, Chukri, I heard you. Clearly, you understand. Um, when that man said something about demonizing or what, what he said. Demonizing? Actually, yeah. Actually, the health minister is supposed to be aware of this thing. All right. Because right now, COVID-19 is one of the biggest things that Sandra actually said. I don't know why anybody should not be aware. Especially on that, on this COVID 19 issue. And I want to go back to the word that the former callers talked about. One day we might wake up in this country and find out that there's no Nigeria. It I get to that. Firing the health minister is not the issue. It's very clear. Even the people in charge of power, those that are in charge of other things, they are doing nothing. It's, so, it's very clear. These people have nothing for us in store. Thank you, Chukwudi.
3: Thank you very much for your contribution, President Sandra.
0: You know, Tripudi, it's interesting that uh, that person says that I was demonizing the health minister, but that comes from a place of not knowing that the health minister actually oversees the budget for the health ministry. So payments that should go to staff, including doctors, um, the health minister should be aware of. So things like hazard pay are right up there in the minister's uh, job description. So if if the minister, during um, a assist- or an inquiry, or an inquiry, whatever the the English term is, says in public to our spokesperson because that's what Femi Femi Bajabiamila is, is doing there. He's speaking for us Nigerians. He's questioning the health minister on behalf of Nigerians. That's his job as the speaker of the House of Representatives. And if if the if the the, the honourable uh, um, Speaker of the House, says to this, uh, this young man, to this man, how come you do not know that your people are not earning hazard pay? And the minister himself says, well, they are already doing the job. They're not doing anything extra. I am not aware. I am not aware. Is it not my job to come and tell you, see what your minister for health, talko? How you that's exactly what this has been So, no one's demonizing anyone We're just, like Chukudi said Reporting the facts to you And it's up to you to Form an informed opinion About the facts that are In front of you
3: Alright, Sandra We're going to take a short break When we return We'll go ahead with story three And then everyone that calls in Would have the opportunity To contribute to stories one Two and three Please do not go anywhere You're tuning in to 99.3 FM Nigeria Info
2: More conversation. More talk, more, right after this. This is The Big three. The Big three. On The Hard Facts. On 99.3, by Info.
0: Our final story is about going to church. Chibi, I begged you people on Friday not to go. I begged you not to go to Jumat. I begged you not to go for Easter service. I begged you not to go for Stations of the Cross. It's not because Sandra is the devil, it's because I don't want you to catch COVID-19. We just spent the second story talking about how bad things are. So you cannot afford to catch it. And also, I don't want you to get arrested. At least I didn't when I talked about it on Friday. Now, some people in other states did not listen to me. They went to church on Sunday and they got arrested. They should have listened to hard facts. Oh yes, that reminds me, tell your family and friends who do not live in Lagos that they can actually listen to hard facts online. They can listen to Nigeria Info online. We broadcast live on Facebook and you can also catch us at radio.nigeriainfo.fm. But yeah, some people didn't hear our appeal and they disobeyed the lockdown to go to church. In Wari, Delta State, police arrested three pastors for holding Easter services. Remember, Delta State has a lockdown. Same thing in Shagamu, Ogun State, one pastor was arrested for holding service. So here you have different pastors choosing to hold services even when the state government announced that they should not. I was talking to a Christian friend of mine, he is fully in support of the pastors, and he was quoting the Bible for me. He pointed to the book of Daniel, where Nebuchadnezzar told the people not to pray, but Daniel chose to pray and opened his windows so everybody would hear him. And he got thrown in the lion's den, but God saved him. So I would like you Christians to tell me if you think this is the same thing. Now, did you see the Catholic Church? Did you see what they said? Did you read it? Remember last week we told you about Governor Wike lifting the ban on church services in River State, but the Bishop of the Catholic Diocese wrote a letter to his priests and he said, we appreciate what the governor has done, but we still won't hold our services. We have to protect our flock from COVID-19. And by the way... Governor Week in River State reversed his position. He stopped church services on Sunday, after all. Same with Governor Keredolu in Ondo State. So we all know that crowds are dangerous in this period. We all know that church services and mosque prayers have crowds and so they are dangerous right now. And so if a pastor or an imam insists on services, are they not endangering their flock and the public? And if that's the case, should there be a special punishment for them? I talk about special punishment because of something Sheikh Gumi just said. That's uh, Sheikh Abubakar Mahmoud Gumi, the famous Islamic scholar. He said that any imam who tells Nigerians not to take a COVID 19 vaccine should be arrested and severely punished. He said this is because religious leaders have a strong influence on their followers. Basically, if government says A and the imam says B, many of the faithful will listen to the imam. And so if the imam is saying something dangerous, they will endanger society. Therefore, they must be punished harshly. And I wonder what you think. Do you think there should be a special punishment for religious leaders who know that crowds are dangerous at this point and decide to have services anyway? How should imams and pastors who mislead people over COVID-19 be punished? And more importantly, did you go for Easter service? I'm not going to judge you. Nope, no judgment here. Maybe a little, I'll judge you a little bit. But I also want to understand your logic. I want to find out if you are like that, my friend, that used Daniel as an example and said Daniel chose to pray and was thrown in the lion's den. Do you agree with that logic? 0700-993-993-993 0700-993-993-993 0700-993-993-993 0700-993-993-993 There's also WhatsApp, of course. WhatsApp is uh, 080-959-75805. Hello. Hello. Yes, how are you? Good afternoon.
5: Good afternoon.
0: Engineer
5: AY speaking. Engineer Ewa, you're welcome. Yeah. Um. good
4: are you surprised by the guy that called in and says um, you guys are taking sides? <laughs> that is Nigeria for you. Hmm. Um, people like this, you know their stance. Is they are feeding on that that minister, or their brother to the same
5: minister? All
3: right. What you should do is just even when they are doing wrong. No, you know what you should do. Just address the stories that we have shared.
4: Um, you see, some of these ministers. They are just a joke. Some of them are handling the job they don't know about. By the time they present budget to them, where the loopholes post where they'll be looking for is where they will buy cars and how much they'll use in renovating their houses. They will know what is really essential for the workers that is going to work under them. How could the minister come out and say you don't know you have to pay the hazard, hazard wages? Hazard allowance. I mean, sorry, hazard allowance? He's, he said he's not aware. He's not aware. How could he say he's not aware? That means he's not even 95% aware of what is going on in his ministry.
3: Hmm. Thank you very much for your contribution. Hello.
4: Hello, good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. What's your yes. name where are you calling from?
5: This is Monday calling you from Baghdad.
3: Monday, speak to President Sandra.
5: Uh, seriously? But you people are trying all this wine we have been listening to you God will reward you abundantly and bless your effort and you too to be this issue of religious Nigeria you cannot do away with him but our religious leaders need to be careful with their rules and regulations even the Bible is tells us to obey the authority of the land you understand right. so other than they obey they think it will not lead to that but we need to be careful with the way we obey our government, because God has tell us to take the responsibility. It's left for us to obey it. If you refuse to obey rule, then you face it. So, they need to be judged according to what they did. So, if guys okay. are doing a good job. God bless you there.
3: God bless All you right. too.
0: Thanks for calling us. Hello. Hello.
5: Hello.
2: Hello.
0: Yes, how are you? Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. My name is Chris from Lakeland.
0: Chris,
2: go ahead. Uh, please, Sandra, drop that word president because it's somehow not the very good thing because presidents here are not presidents. <laughs> let me just ask oh. you. This issue of the boys that are on the streets in Lake here they block the road tires and ask you to give them money because they don't have food to eat. Hmm. I think we should... It's a simple problem, we are taking a lot of grammar. Simple problem, the government should come up with a relief, there should be some point. That's to remove these boys from the street. But if you say in a school, they go here and they'll be given bread, and I'm telling you, because some of us in Lekki have done it and it's working. Let them tell them, bread, I can get bread is not expensive, Um your water is not expensive. That's all they want. They are not looking for too many things. But if you give them something to eat, they are happy. And they give; the, they tell you, babao and go, where you go ahead. But if you leave them on the streets, the next thing they are going to do if they don't get to, They will be attacking the houses and killing people in their homes. So, and this happened during the civil war. There was a beautiful war of distributing relief to the hungry, to the hungry people around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And unless we take this guys away from the streets, we are going to have a very big catastrophe in this country.
8: Because
0: okay, so were, you you so mentioned it, the civil war. What was the way? How did how did how did it happen then?
2: That's what I'm saying. Mm. In the schools around and churches, they set up what, what was called relief distribution points. Relief okay. from private people, from government agencies, and from charity organizations. Mm. Every morning, there were people in those areas mm. cooking food and distributing to them. Like here, mm. look at the bookies that. Uh, Sub milk and uh, I mean tea and mm. eggs in
8: mm. the
2: morning. They are no longer there. Mama food people are no longer there. Mm. So if you keep this distribution point, I'm telling you people will get away from the street and go there to collect food to eat. They are not looking for too many things.
8: We should be
2: we should be human enough to know that these boys are hungry. And mm. if you keep standing in our houses and they're on the streets, When they don't see you on the street, they'll come to your house to ask you for food. They make a demand. You don't give to them. They will attack you.
3: Hmm. All right. Thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, Sandra, before I take the next call, I'd like to ask, there's been this raging debate about, you know, people who are criminally minded, perpetrating crime, or people who are forced to perpetrate crime or embrace crime because they are hungry. What Mm -hmm. do you make of this conversation?
0: Well, I mean, it's like I said when I was talking about the second story, um, it's it's a conversation that is ongoing and it's one that I'm actually curious what the person listening to me has to say uh, about, you know, is, are people stealing because they are thieves and they were armed anyway before... Um, the lockdown or are they stealing because now they are hungry and it's not everybody who is hungry who is currently stealing and the people who these people are robbing are also hungry they're they're also trying to manage themselves until the lockdown is over so is it down to oh hunger made me steal or is it big and then the people who are stealing they they were armed they're not just going to go and steal they have guns they have have knives they have um, uh, 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 machetes so where did they get this weapon from. So it's not up to me to answer. I'm just reporting what I've seen. It's up to the person who's listening to the show to give us a call and tell us what their thoughts
3: are. Hmm. Sandra, is a question. There are several messages on WhatsApp before I go okay. back to the phone lines. And a lot right. of them are expressing their take on the story about religious leaders. Now, Wasu okay. from Mushin says, I think any religious leader that doesn't follow what the government has said should be severely punished. He says in the Quran, it is written that follow the Almighty Allah, the Prophet and your leaders. So if you disobey the law, you should be punished. And somebody has a message for your friend, Sandra. He says that your friend is very wrong. What he quoted from the book of Daniel is not the same. No one asks Christians not to pray. Let people not be misquoting the Bible wrongly to buttress their ignorance of the scripture. And this is Mama B from Eleko. Mama B even supports arguments with some Bible passages, but we don't have time for that now. He from Ogun State says, What is the special punishment for government officials who know what is due for her citizens and and are not doing it for them. Not only religious leaders who defy government rules need special punishment. I think what Ian is saying is, you know, everyone who flouts or contravenes the law should face the penalty. Hello? Hello? Hello,
5: good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yes, my name is David. I'm calling from Lakey.
3: You're welcome. For
5: My own take here is that that pastor that he insists to hold church service, that was arrested. I think government did the right thing. And the other person that says that Daniel refused to listen to King Nebuchadnezzar, it was not It was not uh, our own here, it is a sickness. So Daniel was not a sickness. So the order that King Nebuchadnezzar gave to Daniel, it is a different thing. So they shouldn't mix the thing up. That's my own. All right. Thank, yes. All right.
3: Th- thank you very much for your contribution. Sandra, a, a lot of Bible scholars are uh, respo- they, they, responding to your friend, and somebody is even offering to offer him Bible study classes. Now, this person <laughs> says that daniel did not congregate with people that he prayed alone and that it is really very important that people should adhere to all the rules that would ensure that we are safe there are so many messages on whatsapp sandra and everyone is asking about your friend they want to send their message directly the other messages about using religious leaders who flout the directive as scapegoats sandra i honestly cannot keep up several messages but one thing is clear A lot of Nigerians are convinced that if we do the right things, we are going to be better off. And it is not whether you are a religious leader or you are a public official. So long as you adhere to all of the rules, we would be better off. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. What's your name and where are you calling from?
8: Hey,
3: Chukudi. My name is Peter Omanze, calling from Shomazoo. Mr. Peter Omanze, speak to President Sandra.
8: Ah, uh, President Sandra, you see, for me, when it comes to spiritual things and religious things, I was very careful because I may not know what is your relationship with God, how do you interact with your God, how does your God speak to you, how much do you hear and understand it. So I think it is very dicey for us to talk more on that because if a leader of congregation says we have faith enough that even if we jump into coronavirus, it will not touch us. And they want to quote the scripture that says, even if you drink of the poison, it will not hurt you. And they quote they, they that for you. So, and the answer is that, I'm moving to it, it, it might not happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when you are asking of the special punishment, let me tell you, the government might punish them, but God may not punish them. That's why I, said I don't want to go into that too much, because I still believe that, See, tomorrow we might work up and hear the same government, the Constitutional Authority, telling you that don't pray in the name of Jesus like it happens in the days of the apostles. It was also the of Authority that told them we don't want to hear this name again. And what was the reaction of the apostles? They said, just sit yourself. Whether it is right to obey you rather than God. But, but quick one, is, Mr. Peter.
3: On Mr. Peter. Mr. Peter, quick one. You, we, yes. Let us not look at what we think will happen. And let us face the issue. The issue here is the government says if we practice social distancing and, you know, advice from experts, we are going to ensure that there is no... We will check the spread. Doesn't spread, now, exactly. Now, the issue is do not congregate. It is not whether do not worship whoever you want to worship. And
8: that is what we are focused on now. Yes. So, I also believe here that you know initially before this, total lockdown, there were orders given for sanitizing. Sanitize... And then, they were saying that 50 people, at the point, it came to this. See, I agree totally with the lockdown, with distancing, social distancing, and whatever. I agree with it, but the point for me I'm raising in this issue is that it depends on how the government is... Uh, to put it, see, these things are treated. People are treated and are discharged. And two people have died. And we hear from the doctors, I am believing that if the government engages more doctors, open more isolation centres, and get more doctors and pay them beautifully. Anybody that contacts this disease can go to that hospital and be treated because it's not a death sentence. The government no, is Peter, just waiting. Peter, Peter hold on,
0: on people. Peter, Peter, hold on. Listen, listen. So, yes, it's not a death sentence. Yes, people yeah. recover from this, but people die from this. And there's no there's no way to know who will die and who will live.
8: How many have died so, so far? And how many have recovered so far?
0: In Nigeria, so far in Nigeria, over 3% of confirmed cases have died. Worldwide, death is, rate, death, hold on. Worldwide, death rate is inching towards six percent. So, you do not know who's going to die, you do not know who's going to live. Young people are dying as well. Now, I know that the initial talk was that this thing only kills old people, but that was because we did not have a lot of information. This is a novel virus, it's new, we don't understand it yet. So until we understand it we have to be as careful as possible doctors are dying so you do not want to go to the hospital and go and infect the doctors and kill them the way to do that is to not get the
8: government we will for 3 months all right thank you
3: very much for your contribution mr Peter Omanse from Shomolu. I think it is clear and we are all agreed on the subject. We must do all that we can to stay alive. President Sandra, we would carry on with the conversation with respect to the health sector when you would speak to the chairman of the, the president of the Nigeria Medical Association um, during the big hard facts from 5 o'clock after the news. But I would also like to tease that, you know, checkpoints, we're going to be discussing security and we will want you to call into the show and tell us the security situation in your community, especially with the events that have happened in parts of Ogun State and also in Lagos. President Sandra, I'll see you on the other side.
1: Yes, all right, Bye.